lives up to its nickname, the Windy City. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time socks and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Michael, but you see that right hook? Ask AJ Brzezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook again. You can ask AJ Brzezinski that. I will. <sighs> That's gonna be that such a podcast question. I uh, shut up. Go to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Rebay has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a World Championship! And what is going on, Windy City Sports Talk fans? It's your boy, Brandon Combs, along with my guy, Ryan Fitzgibbons. Ryan, what is going on, bud? Never a dull moment in Chicago Chicago sports. Have we said that before? Yeah. Maybe not a great time to start a sports podcast centered in Chicago. Look, uh, we've got we've got the Blackhawks coming up. I mean, Connor Bedard, you know, looking looking really good in his first couple of games in a Blackhawks uniform. We're definitely going to get to that. We're going to talk some Bears today. I don't know why, but we're going to talk some Bears today. <laughs> we're we're going to talk, talk about the White Sox. We're going to talk about the Cubs. Stop that. If it was a collapse, was it a collapse? What was going on? All the things that that have been going on got a lot of stuff going on in our personal lives if you're friends of us on our on our facebook page uh you see yesterday i was actually able to be a part of the production team for the chicago white Sox pregame show got to boast about that a little bit that was that was pretty awesome had some good conversations with uh our guy ozzy Gian as well uh he's the same character on camera that he is off camera and he is just has a lot more swear words off camera. I will I will say that. I will say that. But we'll definitely get into some of that stuff. Love it. But if you've uh if you missed any part of today's show, today's live broadcast, you can now catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you have any feedback for us, have something you want us to talk about, or questions you want us to answer, you can email us at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits at gmail.com. Subscribe. Subscribe, people. Come on. It it costs you nothing. Click that like, click that share, click that subscribe. We know you all know how to do it, because if I posted anything about Donald Trump and Joe Biden, you would share it immediately. <laughs> Just click the share button, click the like button, click. I don't even care if you click the like, click the happy face, click the the heart, click the click the angry face if you want. I don't care. You're a Chicago sports fan right now. You definitely have every right to click the angry face on Facebook yeah. when you when you are looking at our show. And uh, speaking of angry. Do you think Cubs fans should be angry? Yeah, I think we were talking a little bit about this. And we I've, we talked about this through the season or even when they had that great stretch. Um, 
Yeah, I think somewhat. I mean, they it's a big letdown. I mean, 92% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, I think that was on ESPN September 6th, I think. And then they they get out. It, it's it's somewhat of a collapse, but <clears throat> you got something to build on for sure. Uh, you know, uh, we thought they'd win over. Uh, we thought they'd be over 500. They are. They've made some additions. They played better baseball and they're not in the win column. If you're just looking at, and that's in the end, what we, what we judge teams by, they're not better than they were from what mid June, July on last year, just in the win column. Uh, they're definitely, if you've watched the game, they're definitely a better team than they were last year. But from last year, July on until this year, they're in the win column. They're basically the same team and that cannot go on. Uh, so, I mean, you could be as pissed as you want. You're a goddamn fan, uh, but, um, it's, you got something to build on here. There's a lot of good young players mixed with some veteran players. Uh, you know, the bullpen just didn't hold up, hold up. I think you might've gone to it too much and in the wrong ways. And really that's how you're judged as a manager in this league. Now is how you handle a bullpen. Cause there's just so many innings to cover now more now than ever. Uh, and if you're not covering those correctly or you're not pushing the right buttons, you're not going to be a manager long in this league. You're just not. So, yeah, I look, I am and Joe Biden and Trump. If they want to subscribe, they can. I, <laughs> anybody can subscribe. Anybody can subscribe. Um, so, I, you know, I've got a bunch of friends who are Cubs fans, obviously. Um, I've got a bunch of friends who are Sox fans. I I don't believe as a Cubs fan you should be angry. Because if I told you, which I did at the beginning of the season, I said they're gonna be an above five hundred team. I actually had them at eighty seven wins. They're gonna finish at uh they're at eighty three now, so they probably they either finish at eighty three or eighty four, depending on what happens in today's game. They're going to be above 500, but if I had told you that they're going to be above 500 and be in a playoff race, which is not something that I expected them to be at the beginning of the season, you would have taken that as a Cubs fan. You absolutely would have taken that. Uh, Are there some holes on this team that need to be addressed? Yes. Are there some things that, that, you know, we want to see take place? Yes. Yes. And I'm definitely going to get into that subject here in just a minute. But you shouldn't be angry. Um, Disappointed in the moment. Disappointed in the moment for sure. Uh, They they were a team that was, you know, last week, two and a half, three games up on the second wild card spot. And they just they couldn't win a game versus Pittsburgh. They couldn't win a game versus Arizona. They couldn't win a game versus uh, Atlanta. And then they struggled against Milwaukee and they blew a lot of leads. They blew a lot of leads. They did. They, they didn't hold up to their end late in the season, but you also have to remember you have a guy in Justin Steele who is going to finish this season. Well, he actually, I think he's pitching today unless they decide to scratch him because the game doesn't matter, but he's 16 and five at the moment. It has an ERA of under three. He's had a great season, but he's never pitched as many innings. Yeah. He's he needs, never pitched boy. as many innings. 
Yeah. So you needed like, some daylight. You needed to win that one series against Colorado and get some daylight, get these guys some rest. But you're on a yeah. roll. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't like you can't expect to to win when you're spending the final two weeks of a playoff race with Miles Mastroboni in your everyday lineup. And the reason he's in your everyday lineup is because Nick Madrigal got hurt, who also should not have been in your everyday lineup. I when you've got a guy like Chris Murray. <laughs> look, he did. He had an okay season. He had his moments. But, I mean, he he was really struggling there before he got hurt as well. Mm-hmm. And you got a guy in Chris Morrell who's just a, a, a firecracker sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I, I, I understand he's he had his struggles and he was slumping, you know, at a certain point too. But he's that guy that you let slump and you let him work through it. You don't just take a guy out and just sit him because he he's he's struggling just a little bit, especially a guy of that caliber. Then you finally put him back in the lineup. You finally start him. What does he do? He goes two for three with a double and a triple, and bring brings you back into the game in the eighth inning of a game that you're losing three to nothing. So you, the the things that need to to happen moving forward. One first and foremost, you have to have a managerial change. You have to. David Ross needs to be fired tomorrow. Um, you need to probably buy I because they usually don't name a manager during the playoffs. Um, unless you're the Yankees, because you like to be the center of attention, so yeah. you'll announce stuff during the playoffs. Fucking runners. They they usually don't announce anything. So so by November, I expect to see Joe Girardi named the manager of the Chicago Cubs. I, I, that's exactly what I expect to happen. I don't think that there's any. I, I I think it's a very slim chance that that doesn't happen. I, it's a very slim chance David Ross is back as manager, and if he is back as manager, boy, will I have a <laughs> Combs gibberish for right. you. <laughs> We're gonna have to hold you back. Yeah, it, it it I I will be hot if that happens. Um and I I fully expect that Joe Girardi will be the manager of the Cubs uh heading into next season. Um there are actually some people that I spoke with yesterday that said the same thing, said the same thing I did, said that you're never going to win under Joe Girardi or I'm sorry, under uh David Ross. You're you're never going to be able to do cuz he just doesn't he doesn't pull the triggers that he needs to pull. Um, and I just, for this cup, see, I mean, you got a lot of bright spots. I mean, re-signed Bellinger. You don't have a ton to do with your pitching staff because you've got a lot of guys coming up that are very capable of, of holding down the fort for you. You got Kate Horton coming up. You got Ben Brown. You, you've got the, um, Caleb Killian. You, you've got a lot of arms coming up. You're very deep. At you know, in the outfield, you're very deep at shortstop in the minor leagues, so you can make some moves if you needed to. There's a lot of things that you can do heading into this offseason, but the first and foremost thing has to be the dispatch of of David Ross for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, uh, a good question would be asked: Is could have the Cubs given him more triggers to pull Jeremiah? 
They could have added bullpen help for a cheap price. That would be my biggest criticism. You're not going into luxury tax when you know you can't. Well, heading into the All-Star break, if you remember, the Cubs had one of the best bullpens in the league. They had one of the better bullpens in the league. Uh, Adbert Alzali was shutting everybody down late in the games. Uh, uh, Mark Leiter Jr., who just completely collapsed uh, in, in July, August, and, and September after the trade deadline, you, he was lights out prior to that. You had guys, you had pieces that were were doing the right things. Uh, Quas came up uh, when they traded for Quas. He had a .75 ERA heading into into September with the Cubs, and then and then Ross unexpectedly went to Mark Leiter in a game that they came back from an eight to nothing deficit, and it made it eight to six. And they brought in Mark Leiter and left Quas in the bullpen, right? So this is what I'm talking about when you when you don't pull the right triggers. And yes, he didn't have the 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 big names he didn't yeah. have the the guys the big firepower that got traded at the deadline but they also weren't really they were seven games under 500 at the deadline you know what i mean and they added pieces so it's not like they sold off they did what a seven game under 500 team should have done at the deadline that that thought that they were a better team than what their record showed they added pieces they added small pieces you don't go out and you don't spend big at that point so you do what what you're supposed to do and i i believe that they did i i i actually trust me i'd be the first one to go in on the cubs front office if i didn't feel like they made the right moves but i really feel like at the deadline they made the moves that that a team seven games under 500 is supposed to make could they have done a little bit more and i said it at the trade deadline sure Sure, you could have done more. I felt like you should have traded Strowman at the deadline. And I mean, that kind of came to fruition later later on after that. But I felt like you could have gotten a lot more for Strowman than what you're going to get now, which is nothing. Because there's if you re-sign him, that'll be a whole nother stroke that I'll have <laughs> if, if you re-sign Strowman. Yeah, he just didn't help in the second half. But hey, Jeremiah says you had Brad Hand as a dominant lefty. Maybe. Drew Smiley. Yeah, Drew yeah. Smiley. Too, oh, too much Drew Smiley. Too Drew much Mark Leiter at the end. Nobody um, I'm Kate Horton. Great, uh, great. Well, there were a lot of injuries. There were a lot of injuries. There was, but there was nobody else that they could have. Watching Drew Smiley pitch another game. I yeah. mean, there was nobody else in their farm system. There was nobody else. No veteran who's bounced around the league who might be able to give you a few innings because that drew smiley thing man Whew. jeremiah says they had more offense to a team that was functioning officer run different yeah but here's here's the and here's where i this is another problem that i had with with what they did they needed a third baseman we said it before the deadline you need to add pitching and you need to add a third baseman they added the pitching they added a third baseman and then he played first base like it, it was like it made no sense to me that you were bringing uh, that guy in to play it, and he was having a great year defensively at third base. Has has really come around. Was was a liability when he first came up. I think that's one of the reasons why they traded him to the Tigers. But be but worked hard at it and was a decent defensive uh, third baseman. I, I I don't I don't get that. No, it, it makes it makes zero sense, um, you know, be, but it, again, it goes back to David Ross having the 
extreme desire to have Nick Magical and Miles Mastroboni in the lineup. And it's mind-boggling to me. Like I, we were talking before the show, and I said I would love to talk to David Ross because I need somebody to have it make sense for me. Because it just uh, when you think about it, and when you look at it from the outside, and you look at it from somebody who who knows the game of baseball and who who loves this team, what were you doing with that lineup? What were you doing? Why why are we talking about? Oh well, you know we've got to get Nick Magical in the lineup. We got to get Miles Masterboni in the lineup. When you've got Candelario at third, you've got who was playing a very good first base too, by the way. And when you've got Cody Bellinger at first base, and he was playing really well at first base, you've got Mike Talkman in center field, and now all of a sudden you're platooning him who was your most consistent player all season long. And now you're platooning him because you need to get Nick magical in the lineup. It makes zero sense. And we're still leaving. We're still leaving Christopher Morrell on the bench late in games. Even when you know that nine times out of 10, Nick magical is either going to ground out or he's going to strike out when, you know, nine times out of 10 miles, master Boney is either going to pop out or he's going to strike out Christopher Morrell. Sure. He may be slumping, but he's got the potential to hit the long ball. Yeah. When your slugging percentage is almost uh, is lower than your OPS, <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. Miles yes. slugging 308 on base percentage. 315. <laughs> yes. It's it's look. not gonna get a lot of extra base hits out of that. No, and Miles Master Boney's role should have been the same role that you made PCA take when he came up, which was a defensive replacement mm-hmm. and a base runner. Yep. That's what Miles Master Boney is. And at this point, that's what Nick Magical is. Nick Magical is a nice piece to have on your bench in case somebody needs a day off, in case somebody is hurt. He's a guy that can get you through a small stretch and mm-hmm. not kill you. I think he I is, can agree with that. And as a pinch hitter, he makes contact all the time. Pretty decent pinch hitter. Yes. He's not a guy that is going to 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 win you a playoff spot. He's just not. And look, I know Candelaria was hurt down the stretch. I, I get it. But you had Christopher Morrell on the bench for this. Like it, I, I still don't get that. I, it doesn't make healthy. any I, sense. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't healthy and they're not saying something. No. I, I don't know. In all these times, but, well, he was struggling a little bit. He struggled a little bit in August. He he was he hit a little bit of a slump. But that's I mean, this kid always has a flair for the dramatic. There was a game I the, the biggest one that I could come up with is there was a game he was 0 for 4 heading into the ninth inning and he worked a nine pitch walk in the ninth inning in a one run game. These are the at bats that this kid has. Even when he's struggling, he's going to find a way out of it. You let this kid hit his way out of it. You let this kid figure it out every day in the lineup. Because at this point, you already know what Nick Magical is. You already know what Miles Mastroboni is. You don't. <laughs> Jeremiah, what size should I order your Magical jersey? You an extra large or large? You you could put you could put it in a, uh, as a medium. So when I give it to Goodwill, as soon as it comes in, still in the packaging, they can <laughs> give it to some kid who needs a jersey. Some kid in in uh, some African country will be wearing. 
No, it's it's not not in an African. We just I bring it to the local police shelter. They give it to one of the immigrants that were taken in. Um, but I digress. So handling. We <laughs> we are that it's not that these are the things that that bug me about. And I love David Ross. I really do. Yeah, I yeah. love this guy. I I he's one of those those I he's a smart baseball guy. He really is. I've listened to the guy talk. I have, you know, listened to him on ESPN when he was an analyst. It's kind of where he should have stayed. This should have been Joe Girardi's team and and Nick magical, or I'm sorry, Nick magical. Uh, uh, David Ross should have been up in the booth. I mean, Nick magical should be in the booth too. Great bench coach. Yeah. Coach X catcher. A lot of good ideas. Good baseball minds. Been through everything. Everything you can be been through in baseball. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, I, he's yeah. even a guy that you could bring back as a bench coach and just be like, "Hey, look, I we we'd like for you to take, we'd like for you to stay with the team. We'd just like for you to take a step back. We're gonna bring in Joe. Um, you can learn under him. I mean, you see it all the time in the NFL. You see, like, look at Matt Nagy go back to Kansas City, and now they're talking about him taking over for. I I mean, I wouldn't do it, but they're talking about him taking over for Andy Reid when Andy Reid retires. He's a successor there. Uh, it was it was done with uh, the uh, the guy who's coaching the Raiders. Now he went back to the Patriots after he failed in Denver, and and then he got another shot in in Las Vegas, and now he's failing there. So I'll probably go back to the Patriots <laughs> and take over for Bill. <laughs> yeah, maybe that that was weird. Um, at one, you know, I will say this: the Cubs did do a pretty good job. Um, you know, at least bringing Magical along. It looked like Magical was going to be out of the league, and now you do have a decent, at least, utility player out of him. That was going to be my point there. Downing Thomas, the Cubs, our most successful 23 Chicago sports team. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Two games over 500. Well, I mean, if you listen to Luke Gatsy, Downing Thomas, the offense, it's it's right on the verge of doing something amazing. It's right on the verge. It, it, it look the White Sox could, or I'm mean, not the White Sox. Sorry, the Blackhawks could be there too. I mean, look the the Blackhawks. I the Connor Bedard. I, I I like what I saw over the weekend. I, I like what um what I saw out of this kid when when he got when he got hit and the entire team basically came to his defense and started pummeling the guy that hit him. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing from them. I I don't know that they're a playoff team just yet. Um, but it, it looks good. The future looks bright for the Blackhawks too. When you look at these, all of the sports teams in this town, the Cubs and the Blackhawks give you the most hope for a team that can contend in the next three to five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great draft for the Hawks. That's why you got your Hawk stuff on. Yeah. You're already the, 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 the body of the 2023 Cubs isn't even cold yet. <laughs> You're already throwing dirt on the grave over there. Got the hockey stuff out, but I, I'm looking forward to actually watching some Hawks games closely, at least. Went to a Hawks game last year, and it was three quarters full, half full. I'm guessing they're going to have full crowds this year and at least contend for a playoff spot. I yeah. Would, barring injuries, obviously. Opening night's going to be a packed house for sure. Connor Bedard's first, you know, NHL game um, that matters anyway. Uh, you're going to see a lot 
throughout the season. I really like that first line that they have. Uh, Taylor Hall and Connor Bedard are going to be really exciting to watch. Uh, the goaltending, uh, the goaltending looks pretty good too for the Blackhawks. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't count them out as uh, Jeremiah Murray says. Blackhawks will be much like the Bears last season. A lot of losing, but entertaining watching a star. I, I don't know yet whether or not there's a lot of losing involved. Look, hockey is is a funny sport, man. Yeah, you you can go worst to first in hockey just as quickly as you can in the NFL. It's 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 a funny sport, and I, I mean, they weren't they. Okay, they were terrible last year, but but they've they've done some good things. Um, they've built around, started to build a foundation around Connor Bedard already. Um, I like what I've seen from them this off season. I do like the goaltending situation. I do like what I've seen from from the Blackhawks. Um, what do we need to see moving forward from the Cubs and White Sox? So what what do you, it's it's off season time, and this is almost my favorite time of baseball season is the off season because I look forward to this stuff. Like I, I will watch the hot stove religiously every day in the off season. Um, even during football season, even during hockey season, I watch the hot stove because I like to watch free agent signings and trades and what are the teams doing and who's going where. And we've got Shohei Otani in it. What do we expect the Cubs and white Sox to do this off season? Oh God, do I have to talk about this? Sox just uh, hired their assistant GM. Josh Barfield does have a little bit of pedigree, was a player, um, was uh, the head of player development for the Arizona Diamondbacks. My only problem is, is they said that he brought a lot of rookies along. And, and that Diamondbacks team, you know, they got some fight in them. I don't think – I. that's another point with the Cubs. I think they lost the playoffs to two teams that aren't even as good as them. <laughs> I don't think the Diamondbacks and Marlins are that good at all. Um, and I didn't think this season that, you know, 85, 86 wins was going to get you into the playoffs, but apparently it does in the NL, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but um, Josh Barfield. Yeah. Had a player development for Arizona Diamonds. Decided they brought, he brought a lot of rookies along. Didn't name one rookie he brought along during the press conference. They didn't name one guy. So I'm, I'm going to do a little research. Maybe if it's gibberish next week, ending the ML, MLB season for Chicago. And see what this guy actually has done. Because I have a sneaking suspicion. He hasn't done jack shit. So <laughs> to help that organization. And he's just riding the coattails again. Just like Chris Getz. Who who the hell has he brought along? Oh, Luis Robert. He was touting Luis Robert. Oh, we're really proud of his season. And Luis Robert is a whale of a player. He, he would win an MVP if he was with a good organization. But you have to actually win games to win an MVP. Unless you're Mike Trout. And they've already said Pedro Grafal's coming back. I, yeah, I just I there's like no, no effort. Like you can't you can maybe get away with doing something like this 15, 20 years ago. But everybody has one of these in their hands now. <laughs> they get information really fucking quick. And they know that you're just going through the goddamn motions. 87 years old. Just sell the damn team. Why is your ex-girlfriend on the background of your phone? <laughs> Shut just up. kidding, Nicole. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know what what I'm wearing a sock shirt for some reason, uh, but I, I don't see this turning around for the socks. What they need to do: starting pitching, a right fielder, a second baseman. 
Uh, man, maybe start the season with Colson Montgomery, even though I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, this is, I don't see any way this, this, this gets better. Jeremiah says, sad part for the Sox is they have to run it back. You have no choice. You can't get anything for your guys, so you can't even sell and rebuild. And, and that's kind of my question here. Do the Sox trade guys like Tim Anderson? Do the Sox trade guys like Eloy Jimenez in the offseason? Do you do you flirt with Dylan Cease? Do you like what do you what do you do? Because for me, it, it TA does not look like he wants to be a part of this organization. I've said that a lot of these guys didn't look like they wanted to play baseball in this organization. And and I you. I, is well that's what i'm at like is it have these guys just lost like are, are these guys just about making money and they don't really care about the game or or has it really been the franchise that has killed it for these guys like i th- those are the things that i don't know those are the things that have to be answered well, yeah i don't what are you going to get for tim anderson at this point you're selling low well, you could get something. You could get something from um, a team like, let's say, the the Mets or a team like the Reds. Um, you know, a team that could really use a a shortstop that they can may possibly turn it around. A kid who's shown a, a ton of promise um, and maybe just needs a change of scenery. I, the San Francisco Giants looking for a replacement for Brandon Crawford. You know, there's all sorts of teams out there. You could get something. In return for him, and something's better than nothing. Um, yeah, I you mean, know, it's something, but is it worth? I mean, unless I'm getting a top 100 prospect, like what I don't see the point. And tell me well, who the prospect it, is, is how ready is he? Like, uh, and I just don't think that a team's gonna want to give that for a guy who's gonna be 31. So then you, you're, you're not, you're not all in on a rebuild, then is what you're saying. Oh, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf said he wants this turned around quickly, and he thinks it can be. I think that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, t- I'm, I'm not asking about Jerry Reinsdorf. I'm asking about you. Like, do, would you rather see this get run back again the same way it just was? Or would you rather get rid of some pieces and get at least something in return and rebuild through free agency and the draft. Like completely rebuild. Luis Robert gone. No, well, Luis Robert gone. stays. You build around uh, Cease and, and Robert and maybe even Eloy. But but some of the guys who who just show that they don't want to be there anymore, like Tim Anderson, you you do away with and and you let them go. You let them you know try to be good somewhere else and and you chalk up your losses and you get something in return for them. And you do what you got to do because it, at this point, if you run it back the same exact way, dude, I, I like I at least at the beginning of the season was watching White Sox games. I at least was in tune and I was like, all right, let's see what they can do. Let's let's. And I kept waiting for the turnaround. I kept waiting for the turnaround and they just never did it. And, and it just became a joke out at some point. So I stopped watching. But you've you've got to do something because if this is the same thing. If they don't do anything this offseason and they just run it back, they don't go out and make a splash in free agency. They don't go out and do anything that they need to do to address some some concerns. I do. I'm not. I'm not even 
they're not getting any of my money. I'm not I'm not paying to go. Because also you have a new GM who doesn't know the, what the hell he's doing. So everything's broken apart. <laughs> if you traded Jake Berger, a guy that you had through the 2028 season, then yes, that would say with any other team that you are rebuilding. You are totally rebuilding if you got rid of Jake Berger. But this team, this is how this organization works. Everything is broken apart. Nothing, no, nothing takes a true line through in, in the decision process to say, okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to rebuild. All right, we're all in on a rebuild. Or we're all in on this. They're going to do things. They're going to be on both sides of the fence because Jerry wants to sell tickets. They want to get, which I don't think there's any fan out there with one of these <laughs> that – that doesn't know that this organization is a sack of shit. There's no They way. had a $1 ticket day and free parking on Thursday yeah. and nobody was at the ballpark. Nobody well, you know, showed up. I mean, and I, this is something I actually like about White Sox fans. Why would they go when the organization doesn't have their back? Well, it, right. If a team is losing and they're going, okay, this is our plan. This is what we're doing. You know, we got this. This was supposed to be a winning season and it's a complete collapse. And they're acting like that they can just turn this back to 2021 or whatever and be a contending team again. They don't. We talked about the Cubs. One of the things that, that happened to the Cubs was they didn't have, they weren't 30, 35 players deep the the Sox aren't fucking 10 players deep like you need a complete <laughs> rebuild you to win a championship you have to be 35 players deep at least yeah. you have to have 10 guys five guys something uh in the farm system that can come up and replace players kind of like you said Nick Magical would do uh but they don't even have that guys yeah. hurt and that's it you got a guy coming in batting 180 yeah that, you can't have that. You got to have a utility player on the bench that that are, that are good. So I I had a conversations yesterday. I got to talk with Ozzy Gian for a little while. I got to talk with a lot of other you know good baseball minds inside of the the studios yesterday. They're one player deep, <laughs> uh, and and the the general consensus is that this team was dis- dysfunctional. The general consensus is that there was never a chance that Ozzie Guillen was getting this White Sox coaching gig and that he only took the interviews to show the fan base how dysfunctional this organization is because everybody knew he was the best fit for the job. Yeah. And his he as long as Jerry Reinsdorf owned this team, he was never getting another managerial gig, which is crazy to me. But they just they they collide all the time their their differences are too different and they don't they don't see eye to eye and he was never going to allow him to be a part of the team again and why do you when, have to see eye to eye with an owner i you why, you shouldn't an owner say have a say in a guy who played the game for that so many years is definitely a great baseball mind what yeah. do you know about the sport jerry yeah. And, and well the the other rumor too was that Kenny the the things that were talked about yesterday was that Kenny and and him did not get along either and Kenny was never going to rehire him either. So uh, there's there was some a lot of interesting stuff like that and you know a lot of conversation about how this team under Pedro Grafal is never going to win. They they could go out and, and get all the superstars they want in free agency. He would the the, the exact quote yesterday was Pedro Grafal if Pedro Grafal was managing the Atlanta Braves, they would have missed the playoffs this year. <laughs> I mean, 
I think he was put in a weird and impossible situation, but you know, this is a guy who started off, you know, when right when he was picked as manager said this. Our style of baseball is is just like I said, it, we're going to prepare every night to kick your ass. There was a lot of statements like that, like early in the season when Ronaldo Lopez was not the guy and he just keeps trotting out there. Oh, I bring him out, out there again when and they're in Tampa and he gives up a three run lead in like nine pitches. How and, about the only manager in the world that's ever said we have to hit the ball in the air more? <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, I mean, Ozzy was beside himself about that yesterday, actually. <laughs> Ozzy was Ozzy said. I, he's like, I've never heard that before in my life. We have to hit the ball in the air more. That, that was Ozzy's exact words. And, and I like, I, I, you can't answer that because it, there are things that you've seen from these managers that, you know, on both sides of town in, in the last couple of years that you, you don't see, you don't see guys getting walked on a one and two count. You don't see here coaches or managers saying we have to hit the ball in the air more. You don't see managers that would actually play Nick Magical and Miles Masterboni in a playoff race consistently. Like those are things that that we're seeing in this town. That we have guys in the booth and guys talking about the teams that know this game, that see what's going on, and they're like, "You're you're never going to win like this." You at least with Ozzy, you would have been entertained. You know, at least with Ozzy, you yeah. would have been entertained. Yeah, and there's a lot of things you hear him say that aren't exactly good. You know, uh, you know when he talked about Castro when he was the Marlins manager, all the swearing he does. Talk about a Fitz gibberish, dude! I'll tell you right now. I was talking with the producer of um, of the pregame show yesterday, and so. You know, a lot of behind the scenes. Look, this, this a lot of this stuff is what I'm going to school for. It's it's what I'm learning and and what I'm trying to get into, right? And so I'm talking with the guy, and he's they're writing the script and they're doing everything, and and we're talking about things that they should do, things that they should lead in. I was actually part of the the script and every like it, it was a lot. It was a very cool experience yesterday. Yeah. And I was talking. I said, "Well, what about Ozzy?" He's like, "Nah." He's like, "We've we tried we tried three times to write a script for Ozzy, and he just he doesn't follow any scripts. He just talks, and and we we build in to the damn script." He's like, "I've never done this before, but I have to do it for Ozzy. I build in five minutes into every script for Ozzy to rant about something." He's like, it's just that's what I do. He's like, because I, it's just inevitable. He's going to do something. He's going to say something. Chuck's going to feed off of it. He's going to ad lib something. They're going to go. He's like, especially in the post game show. He's like, forget it. He's the whole reason to watch the post. Like when the socks are really yes. bad, sometimes you just turn the TV off. I don't. I can't. No, yeah. He's going to say yes. Always something interesting. And he's honest. Like yes. you said, off camera, on camera, he's the same guy. And like, Chuck Garfine's the same way. Shows. And it shows. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Garfine's the same way. He wasn't there yesterday, unfortunately. Uh, they had uh, Mike, um, uh, I can't remember his last name now, filling in for Chuck Garfine yesterday. But good. Garfine's been been great with us. Them two, watching them two after, uh, especially early in the season when it was supposed to be good and it was just so clearly not going to be, they're, the disappointment they had was 
you know, in the conversations they had were just so fun to watch. I would watch it too. I that's half the reason why I listen to Chicago sports radio more after a loss than I do after a win <laughs> because people are jumping off the ledge. People yeah. are, are more apt to say what's on their mind when they're dealing with a loss. Like you can't, when uh, when the bears are are losing and they're zero and one and everybody's freaking out in in the, now they're zero and three and everybody's freaking out and they're just talking it, it you know but they talk about Jordan Love who was one and one and had worse numbers than Justin Fields but they're talking about how the Packers got it right again you know what I mean like I don't know if he's the guy man. you know he's definitely not the guy and I see that he's not the guy just by watching. The things they did, watching him on Thursday night. He's not the guy. Watching even though they beat New Orleans, he wasn't the guy versus New Orleans. And he was only the guy versus the Bears because he was throwing to wide open wide receivers on every third down that he yeah. had. Like, so I he's he's definitely not the guy, but winning makes people happy. Yeah. So they're less honest with you. They're more blind to the deficiencies when you're Great winning. Point. Yep. So it's it, I I like listening to stuff more on that side of things when when there's lo- when there's losing going on because people are more honest. You could start hearing what people really think. Um, did you get a feeling? And I know you didn't talk to him much, but did you get a feeling that he was happy he, he didn't get the job, Ozzy? Did you get the feeling? No, Ozzy. While you were there, or did he really want the job? So he here's what I got from Ozzy yesterday in, in a lot of profanity. <laughs> um there there was a lot of profanity um by the way that must it, be fun, but go on oh it was it was so much fun it, it it was the opportunity of a lifetime for sure but he you know he was he loves this town he loves this city uh he loves baseball and wow. he genuinely loves the chicago white Sox. and and he's very i think he's hurt not by not being the manager, but by how this team is performing. Uh, he's he's just he's not there. I don't think he cares. He he's a personality. He he is where he should be. Um, I mean, obviously he could be on the field being a manager, but he, his personality. I mean, the pre and post game shows without him. I I don't know that I watch very much. No. Um. Yeah, and it's just he he is a great baseball guy he loves this game he loves this team and that's what i got from him yesterday uh i don't think that he is happy that he didn't get the job but i don't think he ever expected to get the job either uh i have another question couldn't you put your arm around him i mean dude look look i I knew you were gonna around guys everybody you not everybody look at that look at the kid next to me Look what he's doing. He does well. At least this, the, at least the announcer of that day. I, forgot, I don't think I've ever seen this guy, by the way. At least he's got his arm around the kid. Hands in the pockets. I will because something to do with being a Cubs look, fan. At that point, right? I hadn't yet had a conversation with Ozzy because he did the show and we hadn't talked yet. We just we asked if we could take some pictures with him after the show and, and and he obliged and then we got to talk to him had that picture taken place after it would have been a different picture but i was dude i was so nervous man i really was um <laughs> you know and, and then to make it worse i mean the the, the way that our so it, the reason why i got this opportunity was my instructor um called me on thursday um 
and asked me if I wanted the opportunity. I actually almost canceled because I got so much stuff going on personally that I actually almost didn't go. Um, and my wife, who has been amazingly supportive throughout this entire process, um, considering everything that we've got going on, yeah, forced me to go and didn't want me to turn down the opportunity. And I was one uh, of I was the only kid from the campus that that got to go to to this like it, it was just it was an amazing opportunity and he and the instructor even said he's like i i you know i'm not giving this opportunity to anybody else he's like you you deserve it you earned it he's like i see something in you and and that made me even more nervous <laughs> and, and, and with everything going on i was already emotional so it was just one of those you know i it it there was a lot of nerves yesterday for sure because it's it it really is it's it's a dream of mine uh, to be doing what I'm doing now and not, not talking here on the podcast with you. That's not really a dream of mine, but <laughs> it's, a dream, it's a dream of mine. <laughs> it's a dream of mine <laughs> to be, to be in this industry, in this, in the sports industry, um, especially baseball, even if, you know, with the white Sox and how rough that organization has been, it's, it's really, like it it's humbling right now um and it, it, i don't take these opportunities lightly and I, I i really treat them like they they're my foot in the door um and and yesterday was one foot into the door and uh, it's starting to become a reality and yeah, it's, it's amazing great, it's, it's amazing great, especially being with ozzy after all and he's in that he's in that 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 Mount Rushmore of Chicago, actually, everybody knows who Ozzy is around the country. I mean, yes. but he's right up there with Ditka. You yes, put him ahead of Madden just because Madden came, won those series, then he, you know, got bitchy, left. You know, it. it he's even. I mean, he's up there with all those guys. Butt kiss, all you know. Frank yeah. Thomas, he's up there. He's in that Mount Rushmore of Chicago sport, and I would love to have a conversation with him on the side about the Sox. That would be awesome. But. Yes. Um, it, it, you know, if I got to do it again, um, and I got to talk to him a little bit more, I would definitely get more in depth with it. Uh, but it was, it was a great experience. So, well, we, we've talked about the Cubs. We've talked about the Sox. We've talked about the Blackhawks. Let's, are you ready for some Fitz gibberish? All right. Yes, I am ready or somewhat ready. It's Fitz gibberish, a diatribe, a conspiracy. Theory and an island in the middle of unapologetic and sometimes inaccurate. I think we were pretty accurate today. Sports talk. When I shuffle off this mortal coil, probably because of an exploding liver, I wonder, <laughs> if, they'll have, I wonder if they'll have the stats of my life. Actually, it'd be pretty cool if we had stats for our life at the end. Just like baseball stats. One stand in particular is the amount of times I've watched Mike Tyson knock people out on ESPN Classics. Kind of like this. Like Marvis's father, Joe, Marvis must move or we're going to be out of here very, very quickly. Uppercut and Marvis is hurt. Razor is down. And you could guess. Did that guy die? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. No, you can guess that Marvis Frazier didn't really it wasn't as good as Joe Frazier and didn't box much after that. Mike Tyson once said, 
who just almost killed Marvis Frazier. Everyone has a plan until they get bunch, punched in the mouth. Well, Justin Fields, in his first start, got punched in that mouth. Yeah. Here we go. Three guys almost <laughs> unblocked. This is the Cleveland game from 2021, by the way. Nine sacks. We'll just watch a couple of them. This one's my favorite. Yeah. Absolutely no blocking at all. Seven-step drop, too. Good idea. With no line. You'd call this male practice. Oh, my God. Clowney, Miles Garrett, pretty good players. We'll stop that right there. Did Justin Fields die? (laughs) That's the thing. You got knocked the fuck out, man. Give me my gut. (laughs) Chris Tucker (laughs) was the broadcaster that day. That's from Friday. He did get knocked the fuck out. And Josh Lucas, thank you for telling me about the interview on one of the radio stations here, came on to talk and said that they were afraid that that game might have ruined them. Josh Lucas, the uh, I think he was the assistant GM to Ryan Pace, who helped draft Justin Fields. They didn't want him to play the first season, but he did, in fact, play in the first season. And when he did play, instead of maybe having some power sets, you saw some of the seven-foot drops. No guy in the backfield. Maybe one running back in the backfield. One time you saw the rookie Khalil Herbert, who at that point could not block. He's a better run blocker now because he knows schemes a little bit better. They had him in there blocking. My question to you, and for Fritz Gibberish today, my friends, is was uh, is do you count first? Do you count Justin Fields being a three-year veteran or a two-year veteran after watching that? And two. Was his career ruined by the Chicago Bears? And is he done in Chicago? Combs. Well, my first question to you before I answer your question. That's not coffee in that mug yet, is it? (laughs) It's week three. You're about to watch Bears versus Denver. It's not tea. It's not coffee. You've got a tea bag in there, but it's dipping in vodka, isn't it? (laughs) Don't lie to me. It should be (laughs) a point. Or masculine. (laughs) But... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's I. This organization will never. I'm convinced of it now. Will never develop a quarterback, And, and I hear people talking about it all over Facebook, all over social media, all over the actual media. Oh, the Bears! Uh, they're they're not going to re-sign Justin Fields and they're going to play for a draft pick and they need to go after Caleb Williams or Bo Nix or anybody. It doesn't matter, people. It doesn't matter. If they go after a quarterback, do not get excited because they cannot develop any of the talent coming out of college. They can't develop. They they want themselves a, a great pocket passer. None of these guys coming out of college are great pocket passers. College quarterbacks now are mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, mostly. The the trend in the NFL is mobile quarterback. And the Bears have not done anything to play to even Justin Fields' strengths. They haven't done, they have not put this kid in an opportunity to succeed. 
They have not. And look, you can say all you want about there. Look, there are definitely flaws from Justin Fields. Justin Fields has a tendency to throw the ball too late. Justin Fields doesn't see defenses very well. But those are all things that can be taught, and those are all things that can be developed. The Bears don't do that. The Bears are like, oh, we got this uh, quarterback who's great with using his legs, and he's great when he's throwing on the run, and when he's moving outside of the pocket, he's tremendous. So let's do nothing but five- to seven-step drops with wide receivers running routes on the same side of the field behind an offensive line that couldn't block a pillow that was being thrown at them. Like, it, it, it is insane to me that people are still looking at this and looking at Justin Fields based off of the win-loss record of an inept front office and an inept coaching staff. And that's just what they are at this point. Look, I think Ryan Poles is a very smart football person. I think Ryan Poles is the right guy to have as a GM of your football team if your football team isn't owned by people who are going to interfere with football decisions. But that's not what we have in Chicago. That's not what we have here. What we have here is a football franchise that is the laughingstock of the entire league in one of the biggest football cities, one of the biggest football fan bases in all of the country. And we can't do anything to develop a quarterback who so clearly has more talent than any quarterback you've ever had. And now he's been behind two offensive coordinators and two play call, or I'm sorry, two, um, whatever the hell, I can't think of the word right now. I'm so frustrated. But two schemes, that's the word I was thinking of, two schemes that don't work to his strengths. And put him in danger. Doing quarterbacks in Chicago. That's what we do. So if we go ahead and we draft, you could draft Caleb. You you could go back and get Johnny Unitas. You could have had, you could have had, if we would have had Aaron Rodgers, if we would have had Brett Favre, if we would have had Tom Brady, if we would have had uh uh let's uh any of the Mannings, Tom they Bert all Bert. they all would have been terrible because that's what this franchise does. Chris Tucker that's what this franchise is. Chris Tucker, what would have happened to those with those QB? You got knocked the fuck out, man. Give me my goddamn and then, even this year, even under where Justin Fields is at, could you imagine? People are like, oh, well, we needed a veteran quarterback behind him. Who? Who is the veteran quarterback yeah. behind him? Who? Michael Vick? <laughs> like, who, who behind this offensive line could be successful? Who behind this play calling could be successful? And look, Tyson Bajan, maybe he's a guy. I, I We don't know. But you want to put him behind this offensive line and this scheme? You want to kill the kid. Okay. And this is another thing that I'm getting tired of. It, look, I, I it's funny. I mean, because Zach Wilson does have two 300-yard games. But Zach, Zach Wilson is also oh, man. Uh, on a team that at least, even though they're bad, and even though he's terrible, he's on a team with at least some, you know, relevant play calling. He's with a team that 
plays to whatever strengths he has, which isn't very many. No, he lost me the wheel of death. Yeah. Taking a safety. So you... (laughs) Poor guy. You're just spinning the wheel of death every week. Every week. Pride. You're and you're still spinning the wheel of death. I just we're both spinning it this week, but you're still spinning it. I mean, especially QB more than any other position in sports confidence is absolutely top of the list. And we talked about it. I talked about it in Fitzgibberish, that Steelers game where Justin Fields comes in and Matt Nagy says he was smiling when he came in the game. Do you see him coming into any game now smiling? Because he could not wait to drive the ball down the field. He did it in like less than a minute against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. On Monday Night Football, drove him all the way down the field. Confidence just spewing out of him. Even Josh Lucas had mentioned it in his in that interview that I went back. He went back and watched that Steelers game. Totally different yeah. player now. Totally different player. And that's got to be coaching because you're 24. There's got to be some coaching there to say you are a beast. Yeah, like, be a be. You are. You are like you said, the most talented quarterback the Bears have ever had. That's not really saying much, but <laughs> you are the bat, you know, at least the most talented uh, QB last year. We've talked about the stats after, you know, week seven, what happened after week seven? Uh, he had, the, he had what uh, the fifth best or fourth best Q, QBR in the league. I mean, there, there is signs that he could have been a good quarterback and we taught, and they even talked about it on the, on the, on the broadcast um, in the chiefs game. You know, the guy that's number two and on holding the ball in the league, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and, and they even talked him. Lucas even talked in, he might've been an idiot about this, but he even talked about not, not, not that they were never going to draft Deshaun Watson. That's why they never interviewed. They're never going to draft him because they did. He, they don't didn't think he had the fluidity of, of thought to do that, to be able to do that. And he said, really Deshaun Watson has made it. And I'd have to look, go back and look at some of it, some of his better games, but that he's made it on improv, improv, improvising more than any, than reading defenses. That's that. That's how he's made it. Well, at least he's been on teams when he was with the Texans and it looks like they're doing the same thing in Cleveland where it was complimentary to his play. Even like, like I said last week, even the best quarterback, probably the best quarterback ever. And when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes, he does. He, and you saw it. He did do a lot of bootlegs. They had him rolling out. The one rollout was ridiculous where he just flicks the ball and it's right over the guys. But I digress. I mean, even he, even they move him around. He has four or 500 yards rushing a year. I mean, even they do that. They're very complimentary to him because they know he likes to be mobile. He likes to move around. A lot of these guys do. If you could run like that, wouldn't you? Well, look, there was a very interesting, and I, I texted you when it was going on because I was like geeking out with the interview, but there was a great interview with Josh Lucas this week. Yeah. Um, and Josh Lucas, the former uh, uh, president of uh, player uh, uh, player personnel. I he, thought he was for the, assistant, but yeah, go on. <laughs> for the Bears. Accurate. He, he, was, he was the... Um, he, he was there during the draft with Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and when the Bears traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. He said that it's not a true statement that the Bears got fleeced by San Francisco. He also said they had one person grade Deshaun Watson as a first-round quarterback. 
And he also said that his concern with Deshaun Watson was that he went off script so often he yeah. didn't think it could translate into the NFL. And he said he had the same concerns about Patrick Mahomes. So they were always taking Mitch Trubisky, whether they got him at two or at three. These are the guys that are evaluating our talent. These are the guys that we that we are are predicating and in, in hoping that they're going to eventually get it right. Now, there's a new regime. I don't know if they're just not married to the idea of Justin Fields because they're they they're not Justin Fields isn't their guy per se. Um, I believe that there was some you know, uh, uh, backing of Justin Fields by the, some of the moves they made this off season and by not going out and getting a quarterback, you know, by not picking CJ Stroud, by trading that first, that first overall pick. I, uh, I just don't know that the, I, I can't believe they're ever going to get this right at quarterback because they, they can't do anything to prove to me that they know like, the regime is terrible. Why, why is his confidence down? Like, I, I can answer that question right now. The, you didn't have a president or at least a GM you hired, then a coach, then they drafted their quarterback. You hired the coach first, by the way. Everything. You know that, right? When? They, so, you, they, Eberflus, they had a, um, there was a, it, it was before they hired a GM and they actually asked him, they said, you know, are, do you think it's, um, imperative that you have a GM before you have a head coach. And that's when they brought in uh, what's his face Bill out Polian. of Indianapolis, Bill Polian. And they said, no, we're confident in Bill, that Bill Polian can help us pick. And if we have a coach before we have a GM, uh, we'll find the right GM around the coach. So when they hired polls, they told polls, Hey, we're hiring Eberflus, <laughs> which is a, it, it is another problem in itself. But the other the other coaching options at the time, the other coaching candidates were um, Brian Flores. I mean, they a much better defensive option, and and has shown that he can do it as a head coach before Matt Eberflus. I know he was having issues with the with the NFL um, because he had them under, uh, uh, you know, he was trying to uh, sue them or whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, Jim Caldwell was available brian dable he would have been a nice fit here in yeah. chicago wouldn't he have wouldn't you have liked a guy who could lead some players and actually show the ability to to deal with with a a mobile somewhat mobile quarterback imagine what he could do with justin fields he, he took the giants to the playoffs in a rebuilding year a year where they were expected to win two games yeah this is the same organization that uh when lovey smith got fired the chiefs got rid of their coach same day Chiefs get Andy Reid. Chicago Bears get Mark Trestman. Mark yeah. Trestman, a guy who coached in the Canadian League, was coaching in the Canadian League. What in the hell? And they interviewed Bruce Arians. Mm -hmm. How could Bruce? That probably brought his confidence down. This entire organization brings people's confidence down. That, well, Mike McDaniel being an option in 22. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And nothing like uh, what I was going to say is nothing evens up. The only time that they had a coach and a GM and then a quarterback, the last time was, was McMahon. 
that you can you can look back to where Mike Dicka was the coach when they got Jim McMahon, even though I've, I've heard he didn't want him. And you had a new GM and, and then as well. That's the only time it's matched up in 40 years. That's not how teams do this. So no wonder Justin Fields is incompetent. First of all, he's getting his brains knocked in. Thank you, Chris Tucker. Second of all, you don't no, do, do any of these guys have confidence in him really other than what they're saying in front of a mic, which they're which they're always going to say, by the way. Do they have confidence in him? Does Everflus even like Justin Fields? Does Poles? Poles didn't pick him. There's also ego behind that, too. He Isn't it better for Poles if he picks his quarterback and the quarterback shines than if Justin Fields does? And if you don't have that, if you don't have a, an organization behind you, you come in, you play with one coach who almost kills you, and then you get another new coach and GM who don't even know, oh, yeah, maybe he's good. And there's rumors all through the offseason that they might trade him. Like, and then I, I I liked the hire of Luke Getze at first. I thought it was going to be a great hire, but I didn't realize that Luke Getze was was built because you know Aaron Rodgers looks at shitty play calling and, and audibles out of it. Yeah. So the first part here, just thinking, okay, we're going to do this. This is going to be the matchup we want. Let this thing rip. Get a okay. I don't think so. The other part that is straight, literally, LOL. Is this is a corner and a corner. Straight literally LOL, says JT O'Sullivan. Straight literally LOL. I feel like I'm talking to my 16-year-old daughter every time I hear that clip, but you're running the same route to the same side. What are, what are we doing? You're not putting this kid into a position to succeed. When we watch that play where Braxton Jones lets the guy through and then shuffles his feet blocking the air, right? Yes, I see Braxton Jones being an idiot, but I also see an all, a, an, a whole offensive line blocking to the right while Justin Fields is rolling out to the left with three guys untouched. <laughs> like, what are we doing? This this, this, this team is a shit show. I don't... I. I don't think they can win today. I, 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 there's a reason why Denver is coming into Chicago as a favorite after getting blown out by 50 points last week. They lost 70 to 20 and opened up as a two and a half point favorite in Chicago. They lost to their, that's embarrassing. They lost to their ex ball boy, 70 to 20, by the way. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, who was who was also available when the Bears were looking for a head coach in 2022? And wouldn't he be great with Justin Fields? Oh man, yeah, You'd probably oh. he's not here too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I it's it's absolutely asinine. Speaking of asinine, you want to get to our picks? Let's get to the picks. Let's get to the picks. Uh, so last week boy. we did tie. Um, there there was a tie. So. We thought of a bunch of different things. We thought maybe you guys could pick who needed to spin the wheel, but Fitz was afraid you guys would pick him again because, you know, that's I'm an the, uh, that's the obvious choice is to pick Fitz to spin again. Um, so instead, I'll bite the bullet, and oh. I, I, I will spin oh. the wheel this week. It's on me. So since I'm spinning the wheel, I am going to pick that we are picking again this week, and we are going against the spread again because All right. that that's the only that's the only way you have a chance. <laughs> it's the only way you have a chance. 
Ah, I see so, your visit to the NBC Sports hasn't uh, no, <laughs> hasn't gotten rid of that ego. Yes. <laughs> hasn't taken anything off that ego. Not at all. Not at all, sir. So we're going to start here in Chicago. We usually finish with them, but I'm starting with them because I, I don't even care. People don't care. People, people aren't going to they, they don't care about the Bears going last. They just they want to get it over with. Mm-hmm. Bears, Broncos, Broncos are now a three point favorite in Chicago, according to ESPN. Who do you got? I got to go first. Yep. I'm going to take the Broncos. I have, no faith. I have no faith in this Bears team. I mean, we just I just did a Fitz gibberish on why I'm taking the Broncos. I just don't I, I actually think the Broncos defense is a little bit better than that 70 point. And uh I just I, if any team can can instill confidence in a defense, yeah. it's the Chicago Bears. But go on. We're we're gonna research Russell Wilson's career this week. Um I'm gonna take the Broncos as well, minus three. I would probably take them minus thirty. Um, to be honest with you, uh, this defense is terrible. Uh, Russell Wilson wasn't terrible last week. Uh, he does have in the first three games, he's got almost 800 yards passing. He's got six touchdowns. Um, uh, Marvin Mims Jr. is is a beast. Uh, watch out for him to have a big day against this Bears secondary. Uh, I'm going with the Broncos minus you don't three. Think you don't agree with Gutsy that they're, the Bears are on the cusp of doing something special with their offense? Oh yeah, no. The Bears are definitely doing something special with their offense. Um, it's going to be specially bad. Um, it's it's going to be historic. Uh, what this team does this year because nobody saw this coming. Um, so yeah, it's he there. He's right when he says that. <laughs> then we've got a game that'll probably be a game that I try to turn to a little bit more than the Bears Broncos by halftime is uh, Bills Dolphins. This is probably the game of the week. It's it's a really good match. We've got some some pretty good matchups this week. Uh, but yeah. it's probably one of the better ones. Uh Dolphins, Bills, uh Bills at home are a two and a half point favorite over the Dolphins. Crazy to say. Yeah. Crazy to say. Uh you want to go first? I will go first. I'm gonna take the Dolphins and give me the points. I think the oh, Dolphins man. are for real. Um I, I yeah, go fins. I think the Dolphins are for real. Um, we're gonna start doing our Miami shows on Mondays. Um, but no, I think the Dolphins are for real. Uh, I I like what they're doing uh, offensively. I mean, uh, Tua's already got a thousand yards passing through three games. Um, he's he's lighting it up. I I like what they're doing. I'm taking the Dolphins. Forty nine and a half point over under. Huh. Mm. 53 and a half, actually, on oh, ESPN. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was 49. I'm just going off memory. But go on. Next. No, you didn't pick. Oh, I said go fins. Go oh, fins. you're taking you're taking the fins too? And I think the fins might be my uh uh I'm going very Florida with both baseball and, and football. I think as the fins will be my Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, okay. This year, I think. I think I haven't decided yet, but well, two picks and we're and we're both on the same thing, so we're headed towards another tie again this week. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so then we have we have we'll have to put a second wheel on who spins the wheel. Yeah. Uh, so then we've got uh, Ravens and Browns uh, at in Cleveland. Baltimore is actually a two point road favorite. Um. Who are you taking here? 
I'm going Browns. I didn't like what I saw from the Ravens last week. So I'm going Browns. Deshaun Watson. Off script. Off script. Off script. Off script. Can't can't have that in the NFL. It'll never translate. No, it'll never translate. Speaking of never translating, I'm I'm gonna take Baltimore in this one. I'm gonna give you the two points. I I I think Baltimore is um they're they're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I, I really like Baltimore. I like what they're doing. I think last week was the aberration. I they're they're bound to have those letdown games. Um, so I'm gonna take them in Cleveland. They always play well against Cleveland. Uh, I'm gonna take them to win today, minus two. Bengals and Titans. I don't think there's any way either one of us are picking the Titans, but let's go through the motions anyway. <laughs> Bengals are minus two and a half. Who you got? I got Bengals for sure. Yeah, they helped me bang- out. They gave me the win or the the tie last week, so got to stick with them. I think Burrow's just going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, I'm on the Bengals as well. I as much as I'd like to take the Titans here and and just have that be the reason why you lose, um, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't justify giving up points or uh, or taking points any less than a touchdown right now with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm giving up the points. Give me the Bengals. Rams and Colts. This one is in Indianapolis at noon. I never like the West Coast teams flying over um, and playing at noon. Uh, or and I don't like the East Coast flying over uh, either to the West Coast because it's just it, it's a lot of travel. Uh, takes a toll on a team. Um, I am going with the Colts in this one. The Rams are a one point favorite. I'm going to take the Colts and I'm going to take the points. <sighs> Hard to go against McVay. I'll go Rams. You're gonna go Rams. You're gonna give up the one. Yep. I I mean, there's the Rams do have a good offense. Um, I do like what they're what they're doing. I hope that they kind of have a good day because I've got two two Atwell on my fantasy team. Um, so I, you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing them have a good day. I just it's something about that West Coast flying to the East Coast and playing at noon. It just I just doesn't sit well with me. And we got the Buccaneers traveling to New Orleans. New Orleans is a four-point home favorite. Who you got? God, I can't be on Baker Mayfield. Can I? Can I do that? Could. I'm going with Baker. Tampa Bay. Come on, baby. You got Tampa Bay and taking the points. Um, I am the opposite. I'm going the saints minus four. Um, I think that the saints are a good team. I think they've got a really good defense, uh, that, that lost to green Bay last week is going to, to sting them. They had a 17 point lead in the fourth quarter. Um, and I think they bounce back from that. I I think that they have a good day. Chris Olave tears up the Buccaneers secondary and they have a good day saints and not, not to mention their quarterback, Jameis Winston, baby. Now, here we go. Jameis Winston. Here comes the three touchdowns and three interceptions. <laughs> three touchdowns, three interceptions, throws for 600 yards. <laughs> All right. So then we've got the commanders going into Philadelphia. This is going to be a good game, too. Uh, better than what people think. Philadelphia is actually an eight and a half point favorite. <sighs> you first. Me first. I'm going to the commanders and I'm taking the eight and a half. Um, I, I really like 
Washington's defense. Um, I think eight and a half points is too much to give up. Even with Philadelphia right now seeming to be clicking on all cylinders, it's a divisional game. Those divisional games are always uh, a toss-up. I don't know who wins the game outright. Uh, I'd probably lean Philly, but I would take. I'm taking the points on this one. I saw enough Sam Howell last week. We're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be separated definitely this week. So I'm, I'm going Philly. I think Philly keeps rolling. So you're taking Philly the Eagles minus eight and a half. Yep, right. minus eight and a half, baby. That's a lot of points in the NFL to give up, but. It is, but the Bears seem to do it last week, and I think. And this is why I have to take pity on you and spin the wheel when we have a tie, because there's no way you win this. Okay. Vikings. we got to play the games. Don't Vikings play. and Panthers, two 0-3 teams. Um, this is a uh, Vikings are a five-point favorite. Why they're a five-point favorite, I don't know, but they've seen something from the Vikings that, that they like. Uh, the Vikings do get their quarterback back as he did clear uh, concussion protocol. He'll probably get another one by the end of the first quarter. Um, <laughs> Vikings are a five-point favorite. I'm taking Minnesota minus five. Yeah, me too. I think that's a kind of a no-brainer. Kirk Cousins actually been good this this year. Uh, nine, what, nine... TDs, two picks. They've actually, you know, been close in a lot of their games and played decently well. Uh, but he's been the number one passing quarterback in the NFL so wow. far. Wow, I did yeah. not know that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Nobody's thrown for more touchdowns or more yards in the first two in the first three weeks, and they're zero three. <sighs> tough. Very tough. Very Hard tough. To Hard to do. Well, when your defense gives up 30 points a game, kind <laughs> yeah. of easy. Uh, Steelers and Texans. Um, Steelers two and one. Texans one and two. They're in Houston. Pittsburgh is a three point favorite. Where are you going? Hmm. Went against the Texans last week. Didn't work out too well. I think we both <laughs> went against the Texans in Texas. Yeah. I'm going Texans. I actually have already written it down. I'm going Texans as well. Right. Um, I like CJ Stroud. I like what he's doing in Houston. He's, he's been great. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. Uh, 906 yards passing four touchdowns. Uh, He's been very good. Uh, He might be the, the best stat wise Ohio state quarterback of all time. (laughs) And so it's, it it's leaning there. I, I like the Texans. I like what they're doing. Um, Raiders Chargers in Los Angeles, former home of the Raiders. Chargers are actually a six and a half point favorite in this game. Both teams are one and two. Chargers are 0 and 1 at home. Justin Herbert's been lighting it up, though. What do you got? Yeah, I'm starting to believe in him. Uh, I know you're you're higher on him than than I was. Uh, but I think this is a better Chargers team than their record. I definitely do. And I usually lean towards a quarterback, even with six and a half points uh, to overcome. I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, I am not. Um, I do like the Chargers. I think that they're going to win this game, but that defense just does. They, they can't blow out anybody um, because that defense keeps other teams close. It's just what they do. Um, and I, I can't believe that I'm doing it, but I, I'm taking the, the Raiders plus the points. I think the Chargers win the game outright, but Raiders with the points. Too many points for that defense for me to give up. 
one hour and 18 minutes in just <laughs> taking noting that mental note <laughs> patriots and cowboys in dallas dallas is a six-point favorite lost to arizona last week they're going to be angry and hungry uh the Patriots defense is better than people think mac jones i think is a little bit better than people think that being said i'm still taking dallas and giving up the points yeah, I take Dallas. That uh, that offense is too good. And yeah, the Patriots defense looked good against Zach Wilson. So uh, <laughs> I'm going Cowboys. They also look good against Philly week one. So mm-hmm. calm down there, buddy. You've got the uh the newly revived Arizona Cardinals, fresh off their win against the Dallas Cowboys last week versus the 3-0 San Francisco 49ers. Are they giant slayers? San Francisco is a 14-point favorite. 14-point favorite over Arizona, fresh off the win in San Francisco. Who you got? Tough one. This is this probably, probably the toughest one. I'm going San Fran. I don't want to bet against that team. I mean, they're just way too talented. I'm going San Fran. Yeah, I I never I always say if the if it's over 10 points, always take the underdog. Uh if I bet the game, if I got money on the line, I'm probably going to bet Arizona plus 14. Um, but for the sake of this wheel, I am actually taking San Francisco minus 14. Um, I'm gonna take a chance here. This team is so good uh, so yeah. good uh on in all aspects of the game they are the best team in the nfl right now um give me the 49ers i'll lay the points then sunday night football chiefs and jets chiefs are an eight point road favorite i don't think that's enough points give me the chiefs <laughs> yeah. minus eight it's a um, we just watched them i think they're turning some stuff around and andy reed was definitely calling some of the plays last week yeah they're they're i mean they're going to i zach wilson might throw seven interceptions this week i that defense is going to kill him uh monday night football seahawks and giants in the meadowlands he got Jesus, what's the points? One one and a half points. Seahawks are a favorite. One and a half. Still on the Geno Smith thing. I think Daniel Jones is a bum. I can't believe they paid him. Uh, I'm going Seahawks here. Yeah, I am too. Um, I think Seattle's a better team. Uh, I, the, the Giants are really missing Saquon Barkley. It might be a different story if Saquon Barkley was on the field, um, but he is not. Give me the Seahawks. That was actually a good call by you before the start of the season. Yeah. I, just how much yeah. he meant to their offense. What they use, like 35% of the production on the offense. Yeah. Yeah. And then to not give him a contract, he had to sign a one-year deal, and then he got hurt. So I am, uh, I'm going with it. Uh, Jeremiah said, take San Fran minus seven first half. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're going to get on the app? For those of us still watching. It is time to spin the wheel. And I am spinning the wheel this week because I'm taking one for the team, even though we had a tie. 
we probably both should have spun it, but no, Fitz, sure Fitz, Fitz cried on. Fitz I mean, cried over the phone. He said, "Why do I gotta spin the wheel again? We tied. We shouldn't have to spin the wheel again." But for your guys's entertainment, I feel like we should spin the wheel. Um, and because I care more about the show than Fitz does, we're going to spin the wheel. <laughs> I am going to spin the wheel just once, though. Once, Come just on. once. You want me to go for it? Fine. You know what? My lucky number is three. All right. I'm going to spin it three times. So here goes the first spin. What do we got? What What would my fate have been? <sighs> Do an entire show wearing a cheese head. Thank God I missed oh, that one. Wow. That would have been hurtful. Let me go back and see. You, you, talked to me, you talked to me out of it. See, that's what you get. Had to open your big mouth. <laughs> here comes the second one. Please be the hot sauce. Please be the hot sauce. Hey, you can get hot sauce twice in a row. Oh, lunch on you. Damn, now you missed out on a free lunch, too. Up your butt, Jobu. I'm going to get to do an edible. Here we go. Oh, God. Here we go. That'll be an interesting show. Here comes, here comes my punishment. Michelle, Michelle's please, gonna love that. Please be the edible. Please be the edible. No! <laughs> oh my god! Up uh, <laughs> your butt, Joe. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I I hear you. You got knocked the fuck out, man. Give me my gut. <laughs> I uh it, Michelle says that's not a bad that that is babe. For for me to have to wear uh, a Green Bay Packers cheese head, um, it, it's going to hurt. Going to have, have Aaron Ludwig on the show again. I would have rather have had the Kraken egg. Not going to lie. <laughs> not sure Michelle would have rather had that. Speaking of which, it is today is our one year anniversary. We got married one year ago today. Um, we. Uh, congrats it, bud it's it's our our first anniversary uh we're going through a lot of stuff um as a family so it's it's not something we're going to celebrate right now we're, we've chosen that we're going to celebrate uh later on in the month uh we've got some concert tickets to go see aaron lewis in indiana um All right indiana yeah. you indiana I, I know, but it's going to be a great concert. Uh, Aaron Lewis actually sang our wedding song. Uh, so it was, it, it's one of those where it, it's got meaning behind it. Uh, right. We're going to get to go see him. Uh, we've been dealing with a lot with uh, with my father-in-law, who uh, used to comment on the show all the time. Uh, he's, uh, he's on his last days. Uh, it's been been a tough few days. He, he loved this show, man. And and he loved watching what we did. He used to make Michelle comment for him 
uh, so that so that he could take digs at me. Uh, it was his favorite thing in the world to do. Um, our, our biggest thing was we used to call each other a dick with ears all the time. <laughs> it was just it's, it was just our it was it was just our saying. Um, I actually stole it from him. Uh, he said it to me one time, and I was I I was laughing so damn hard. I just started saying it back to him. Um, you know, we used to one of the things that that we used to do every every week Saturday night, man. We would watch the UFC fights. Uh, we would watch boxing together. We would we would hang out a lot. Uh, over the last five years, we've gotten pretty close. Uh, it's been it's been a rough a rough week, and we're certainly gonna miss him. And and he's he's gonna be sorely missed, especially by uh, Michelle and Aubrey, who were so incredibly close to him. And it's 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 gonna be different around here for sure. And it's it's tough for anybody going through it. You know, I, I wouldn't wish this on on anybody uh, to have to watch um, somebody that you you love so much uh, pass away is, is is a really tough thing. Um, but he's lived a great life and, and he's, he's been strong. He's been stubborn. He's still, he's still being stubborn too. Um, don't, don't, yeah. don't get it wrong. I mean, just the other day, I mean, he's not, he's not communicating at all. Um, but he did have, have a moment the other night, uh, when his wife went to go give him a kiss, good night, where he turned and said, what do you want? <laughs> she said, just wanted to tell you good night. And I love you. And clear as day, we heard him say, leave me alone. And he turned over <laughs> and I mean, that, that was just him though. He was always cracking jokes. Uh, he was always, um, he was always the, the funny one in the room. Uh, never really took anything seriously. Just always, always wanted to crack jokes. Always wanted to, to make somebody laugh, make somebody smile. Never wanted anybody to be down. Never wanted anybody to make a fuss over him. Um, and, and we're gonna we're gonna honor that for sure. Uh, we're gonna celebrate the the life that he lived. Uh, we're gonna celebrate uh, Leroy as a person, as a father, as a grandfather, as a husband. Um, and we're gonna celebrate with the family and friends that that have loved him the same way we've loved him. Um, so, Leroy, man, I love you. I'm gonna miss you. Um, so. We're gonna we're gonna end it there before I get too emotional. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. But uh, we're all so, here for you, man. Jeremiah even saying celebrate the life, which which you were just commenting on. More yeah, than- appreciate it. Appreciate it to everybody who watches the show week in and week out. Um, we appreciate you. We we love you guys. Um, yep. And until next week, I mean, definitely uh, we'll be back next Sunday, and we will. Be in rare form after another Bears loss. (laughs) (laughs) Till next week, guys. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies.